Where's a good station? Glory. Glory. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again, relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. I'm here with longtime friend Steve. My name's Bill, by the way. Guarding the Grace. Hello, everybody. Guarding the Grace. Glad you could join in, too. I'm kind of excited, Steve. Oh, good. Because I have not a thought in my mind. (laughs) That is exciting. It's terrifying. (laughs) It's terrifying, but it means a strong dependence on the Spirit. That's right. People are going to hear from the Spirit, not Bill and Steve today, which is a good thing. Because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the wisdom of Steve. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. So you're going to get 40 minutes of silence or the, yeah. the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, you remember last week, Steve, we were in Romans 8. Yes. And we did something that we both found insightful, that the spirit manifests itself when it's in abundance, the spirit of God. And the flesh manifests itself with it when it's in abundance. Yes. It reminds me of a couple times where Jesus talked about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes, we should go there. Well, I looked it up. Yeah. And it's actually the same word. Remember we had I pair Mm -hmm. as our compound word? Yes. If in abundance. Yeah. Well, the, the same word. Uh, pair comes from the parismo, meaning in abundance. So this exact same word Jesus used. I parismo. Except it didn't have the I. Yeah. And yeah. Jesus yeah. just, well, he could have, but it just means out of the abundance. But it'd be better to let the scriptures kind of speak for themselves. I think we should take a look at them. It's, it's perfect Bible study. It's a perfect place to study the scriptures it is there's one in Matthew 12 and Luke 6 if you have your your Bible hey Bill before we go back to Matthew let me do some recapping just so everybody knows why we're going here and in what train of thought we're on because if they just catch this one podcast and we haven't recapped then then they won't really know what it's about I agree because I can use a little review myself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so over the last few podcasts, we saw Paul writing about himself, saying, "I'm in in my human nature. I'm in bondage to sin. Sin lives in me as a human, and it 
is more powerful than my human willpower and it wages war inside of me and makes me do what I do not want to do. I embarrass myself all over again. That was in Romans 7, 14 to 23 or so. He talked about, I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I do want to do, and it's sin that dwells in me, and I know that no good thing dwells in my human nature, only the wishing to do good. Remember, he's plenty willing to do good, just like we all are. We are all are willing to do good. The question is, how do we get the good done? And Paul said, I don't do the good. I'm not the source of the good. I, I can't get the good done. It's like he's kicking and screaming along the way while he's doing the bad he doesn't want to do. Exactly, exactly. And that was the mystery that... Israel never gained an understanding of is that the sin masters them because it's living inside of their human nature and it was causing them to go astray for 2,000 years. And just like it has caused you and I to go astray in the however many years we've been a Christian, it hasn't worked out that we've risen to the standards we've set for ourselves. We've fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that's what brought about that mindset that's feeling alienated from God, hostile to God, or as Colossians says, when you are enemies in your mind, mind. meaning it's not a true concept. It's not a true concept. We're not actually enemies with God, even though Colossians said we felt like enemies in our minds. We look at our bad behavior and just say, man, I can't be a Christian if I act this way. But through important, sorry to interrupt, but that's an important concept because we got to find out where this originated in every person where we automatically think, God is a million miles away looking down in disappointment and that he's angry at us. And when it couldn't be further from the truth. But in your mind, that's where the hostility comes from. Yes. It's thinking that God is my enemy. He's mad at me. He's very disappointed and mad at me. He considers me his enemy. Yeah, which drives the old man to try and please him further with human effort. And then the sin, the power of sin, masters the human nature even more. And this is a dynamic that was kept hidden until Romans 7. So please take this dynamic for what it is. Grasp it, get a hold of it, and incorporate it into your Christian life that your human nature is not what you want to use to live the Christian life, to please your wife or your brother or your sister. You want to use the spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. It fails as a method for overcoming the sin, for one, and it also gives a false concept of a loving 
Father God, which we're going to see too. Yes, yes. And so coming up, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. And so after Paul says, tells us, you know, all the righteous requirements will be fully met in all the requirements of our wife or people around us or at work will be fully met if we do not walk according to human nature, but we walk according to the Spirit's power. That is how you do it. Paul told us how you do it. So the question is, how do you live in the Spirit then? And that's what Romans 8 goes on to tell us. And it might blow your mind. It might blow your mind. Can you just quickly review what what we found out in like 5 through 8 about the abundance of? Yes, yes. In, In Romans 8, 5... It says, for those who are controlled by the flesh have their minds set on things of the flesh, but those who are controlled by the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, that feeling of being naked and ashamed and and feeling bad about yourself, not physically dying. And but, God's disappointed in you. Yes, that God's disappointed in you, which Again. feels like death. The mind controlled by the flesh is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind controlled by the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not even subject itself to the law of God. It's not even able to do so, those who are controlled by the flesh cannot please God. Do you get a handle on what that just told you? It's said in your human nature, you do not subject yourselves to the laws of God. You break those laws. And it's because the sin is dwelling in you, waging war and making you a prisoner. And now you can know why you behave like you do, even though you're totally willing to be a model Christian. It's what you pray for every morning when you get up. Lord, please allow me to be a model Christian. And the one that's in abundance carries the day. Yes, that's what That's what we found out last week. Yes, that's what Romans went on to say. It said, The mind of the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, or you are not controlled by the flesh, but by the Spirit, if indeed there is an abundance of the Spirit living in you. An abundance of the Spirit living in you. When there's more of the Spirit controlling you, then it manifests itself and you are being led by the Spirit. You've heard that term a thousand times. you got to be led by the Spirit. Well, being led by the Spirit is none other than being controlled by the Spirit when in here, he says, the Spirit controls you when it's in abundance in you. There's a few words that mean the same thing. Filled, under the influence Influence. of the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit. They all mean the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Go elaborate if you want. Filled means controlled by. Yes. Someone that's full of anger, what are they controlled by? Anger. 
they're controlled by anger. Yeah. Someone full of jealousy is controlled by jealousy. Someone filled with the spirit is controlled by the spirit or under the influence. Yes, yes. So you see the sense in which filled is used as controlled. But here it was talking about an abundance of the spirit dwelling in you. Let's see, because Jesus said these exact words. Yes, he, he did. He launched this train of thought. And but, we had no idea what he was talking about when he said it. Yeah, but let's compare the two passages so, so you'll get meaning out of both. Matthew 12 will give you meaning to Romans 8, and Romans 8 will give more meaning to Matthew 12. Hey, I'm getting close to Matthew 12. Any other thoughts that you want to say, Bill, while I'm getting there? Yeah, I thought that better. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, yes. I said we had no idea of what he was talking about, but really it's we had the wrong idea of what he was talking about. That is true. In Matthew 12. We thought he was saying this person's a Christian and this person's not a Christian. Joe is a good guy and Jack is a bad guy. Yeah, that's what we thought. That was the wrong idea of what Jesus was talking about. That idea left us feeling guilty and ashamed and condemned. Am I the good guy or bad guy? Right, right. I don't but feel... we like saw it with Paul last week. Yes. He was saying these things are going on inside of you. The war is inside of you. Right. Between the flesh and the spirit. The good man is inside of me and the bad man is inside of me. I'm the vessel. And that turns out what Jesus is saying. That's as what... As we're going to see now. Yes, yes. Because... In Matthew 12, we come upon the text that was talking about how the Pharisees were saying that Jesus casts out demons by the power of Beelzebub. And Jesus, you know, naturally denies that. He says, if I cast out spirits by the power of Beelzebub, who do, who do your people cast out spirit. And he, he says in verse 31, therefore I say to you that any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven men, but blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven. And whoever shall speak a word against the son of man shall be forgiven him, but whoever shall speak against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him in this age, nor the age to come. Make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. And there I always thought, make Joe good and Jack bad. Judge them. Make up your mind. Do you yes. want to be a Christian or do you want to be a... And Jesus was saying, judge either you're manifesting the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you're manifesting the, the tree of life. The good man and it goes on Identify to say, it correctly. Yes. The source correctly is what he's saying. Yeah, and he did say that earlier. He said you guys judge according to the flesh. Judge correctly. The right judgment. Yes. Okay, so he said, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad. Then in verse 34, he says, you brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which 
fills the heart, which is in abundance in the heart. That's exactly what Romans 8 was telling us. Parismo. Parismo. And in Romans 5, it was telling us that too. Yes, when... Grace abounding. Parismo. Exactly, exactly. When the Spirit of God or grace is abounding in your heart, the mouth speaks by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God controls you and speaks through you. You are filled with the Spirit. Remember, to be filled with anger is to be controlled by anger. You are controlled by the Spirit when the Spirit speaks through you. It's the same thing he says in Ephesians where he says, Be not drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Same thing. Be not under the influence of wine, but be under the influence of the Spirit. Yes, but... Can you see in this passage, it's saying that the Holy Spirit is the good man inside of you. Yes. And Jesus says, don't blaspheme that spirit. Don't say, no, it was me in in my human determination. I did the good through me. That's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Give the credit to the Holy Spirit for doing the good through you. Speak and act as those who will be judged by the perfect law that gives freedom, James tells us in 2.12. The same thing as the law of the spirit of the life in Christ Christ. that sets you free, sets you at liberty. Yeah, Romans 8.4, Romans 8.1, the law of the life of the spirit of Christ Jesus set you free from the law of death. So admit it. Say it was the 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 spirit of life in Christ Jesus that made me say these kind wise words. It wasn't me and my human intellect. Say like the spirit did it. And that's what Jesus is talking about here in this passage when he says make the tree either good or bad. You're either manifesting the flesh, human effort or you're manifesting the Spirit. That's why Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits. That's how you tell. That's how you judge. Whether they're producing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness, or not. Or envy, strife, jealousy, discord. If they're producing that kind of fruit, they're not in the Spirit. The whole Bible is telling us the same thing. And even let the Spirit do that. Let the Spirit of Christ rule in your heart or umpire. That's right. That's right. What it it really means. Isn't that what it says in? Yeah. Let the Spirit say, that's flesh, that's spirit. That's flesh, that's spirit. Is that in Colossians or Ephesians? Colossians. Yeah, Colossians. Okay. Colossians and Ephesians are so similar, I get them mixed up. But in the Colossian letter, it says, let the peace of Christ umpire in your heart. In other words, if somebody asks you to do something, it's a legitimate answer to say, I don't have peace about that. Because if peace is not there to umpire in your heart to go with the person, then the peace is not there. Let it rule the day. The spirit in you knows better than you do. The spirit in you can predict the future, and you can't. Which is a good place to start back in 9. Okay. So Romans 8, 9, 
I'm reading an NIV. Okay. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Okay, so it's saying, if indeed there's an abundance of the Spirit in you. Parismo. Parismo. Same word Jesus used. The same, he, he said, out of the parismo of the heart. Out of the parismo of the heart, the mouth speaks. The abundance. So out of the parismo of the Spirit, then the Spirit is in control. Verse 10. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. There Again, if there's an abundance of the Spirit in you, if you're manifesting the spirit, even though there's a chance you can be subjected to the flesh. Yes. But the spirit is alive in you and can overcome too. Yes. And when it's in an abundance, you're in it. You're, you're manifesting over- it. You're overcoming. Verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal be- body because of his spirit. Who dwells in you? Akoya, that word. Akoya. Is at home in you. Is at home in you. Because you've been made ready to, to house him. Okay. In verse 12. Verse 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. This was the best news we heard last week. Right, right. Meaning we don't have to, to try and fail anymore. We, yeah, we're not, not obligated to keep the law. You're not in constant control of the flesh any longer like Israel was. They only used human effort and they were constantly controlled by the sin that lived in their human nature. This is saying you're, you're not constantly controlled by it now. You don't have to keep trying a method that fails. No. The human effort. Verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Okay, there it is. There's the answer right there. If by the Spirit you accomplish these things, if by the Spirit you manifest the spirit if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body if by the spirit you put to death the control that sin has on your human nature you do it by the spirit not your determination or your will no matter how strong your will is that's not the the source of breaking free If by the Spirit you break free, then free indeed. If the Son sets you free, then you are free indeed. Amen. Okay, now I'm at 14. Okay. And this is where we left off last week. Okay. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, this translation says children of God. Mm Mm-hmm. It's actually correctly a full-grown son. Okay which is huios, I believe it's pronounced. Right. As opposed to a technion, or a technon is an infant. Infant. Yeah. And they, both of them are used here. Yes. It, 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 
But when you're led by the Spirit, completely led by the Spirit, and not fighting in the flesh anymore, you've arrived at full sonship. Right. You you are walking in the full measure and stature of Christ. The full measure and stature of Christ. That was a verse that comes out of Ephesians, that we could walk in the full measure and stature of Christ. That's what it's talking about. Be a, a grown child, a, an adult. Fully in, mature. Fully mature in Christ. That's when you become an overcomer. Yes. And we're not, we don't start out as overcome. We, we have the spirit in us. Well, let me just read, let me let the, the word of God do the talking. Okay. Verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Could you read that in the NASB? Yeah, yeah. It might yeah, be better. Yeah. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. You received a spirit of adoption where out we cry, Abba, Father. That adoption is what happens to a kid when he's 13 years old, and he's now looked at as a mature child, a mature kid. You're really showing the full stature of Christ. Yeah, and you see where it says you you did not receive the spirit of fear again? Yes. Or a second time, maybe? You could say. Right. That's the spirit Adam received. Yes. That's the spirit of fear. Yes. That's the spirit of death. Yes. That's the sin and the death, the naked and ashamed, the fear. God is disappointed. Yes. I'm going to hide in the fig fig leaves. Right, and you're not slave to that anymore, but you used to be because all you had was your human nature, and all it could do was fail. So you were slaves to that miserable, miserable feeling, and now this Bible is telling you you don't have to be slaves of it anymore. If by the Spirit you put the death, the deeds of the body, you'll be manifesting life itself. And you won't feel alienated God anymore. You won't feel God is my enemy God is disappointed no that's exactly what it says in verse 16 the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God the spirit tells you you are the child of God you're manifesting the child of God and that verse is the technion yes children which first John addresses them that way he calls them children children what a great love the Father has lavished on you that you should be called the children of God. First John 3, 1. And he says the same thing. He says, now we are children. Yes. But how we shall appear when we're fully grown and manifesting complete sonship, we don't know yet. But when he appears, we shall see him as he is, for we shall be like him. Yes. So, in verse 17... 15, Well, back to 15. Yeah. We received a spirit that is different from the Adam spirit. Yes. That was hiding from God. No. And it's interesting that back in Genesis, 
the first question asked in the Bible was actually asked by God. Adam, where are you? Yes. And obviously, I don't think Adam had hidden himself where God couldn't find him. No. So whose benefit did he ask, where are you? For ours. It was for ours. It was for Adam, which were included in Adam. He wanted him to know the place you were at. That's the futility that we're going to find out we were subjected to. Yes, okay. But it says we didn't receive that spirit, but we we received a spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father. We don't have an English word for Abba, but Abba is not the, the word Father that we think of. And it was a, it's like Daddy. Daddy, so yeah. yeah. It's a security. It's anything but fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little child knows who their father is, who their, their daddy is, their protector, their security. That's the spirit we receive where we cry out, Abba, Father. I think it says the same thing in in Galatians. Yes. Our adoption, we cry out, Abba, Father. Again, same thing. Yes. When we cry out, Abba, Father, the fear is gone. Right. The I'm alienated from my creator is gone. No, I can run to my creator and he can help me be a better person. Especially after I've had a bad day, I can run to my Abba Father and say, Father, I need more of you. Will you help me become the person that I need to be? Because I can't do it myself. And of course, he wants to help you. Yes. He loves to help you. I have kids and I mean... Especially when they were tiny little things, man, I just, they were scared or something. You mm-hmm. could pick them up and hold them and say, it'll be all right. And that, that's what, that's the relationship we have now, which is totally different from this relationship of trying to please an angry, disappointed God. Right. Please, I hope you'll make that distinction. Okay, so through verse 16, we've established that we have a new spirit where... We're in a relationship of children of God. Yes, exactly. So it picks it up in verse 17. Yes. Now, if we are children, and we are, that's one of those, Mm -hmm. since we are children, then we are also heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory... Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We're heirs in that we will suffer with him, but we will also be glorified with him in that we don't consider the sufferings of this present time worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul said, I count the loss of all things as rubbish. I don't care about losing them in view, the surpassing value of experiencing Jesus. That's what Paul said in Philippians, that nothing is more valuable than experiencing Jesus. And here it says, I don't consider anything as valuable as experiencing Jesus. Yeah, he just says compared to the glory that 
awaits us, which is experiencing him overcoming in us, even though we're suffering momentarily. He says the glory of being an overcomer far outweighs it. Okay. And here's where the rubber meets the road right here. Here's where the rubber meets the road right here. Verse 19 is one of the most all-powerful verses in the Bible, but it says, For the anxious longing of creation waits. The creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. We wait for God to reveal himself through us as the child of God. We wait for the manifestation of that spirit of God to come out of us. And then we are the shining examples of a great Christian guy or girl. Did you get it? We wait. Did you realize it? You have to wait on God to do his things. That's why it says those who wait on the Lord will exchange their strengths and mount up like on eagles' wings. Everybody quotes that verse, right? Well, this is what that verse means. You wait on God to manifest himself. And we are dependent on God manifesting himself. That's what we wait on all day long is we're addicted to it. Just, Lord Jesus, please manifest yourself in me. I want to experience you because that is experiencing heaven on earth. And it says all creation has this eager expectation. Yes. I I think it was Kenneth Weiss said waits on tiptoes. Did he? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But as long as we get the idea that we wait on God to do this, we wait on God to, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body. We wait on God to rescue, O wretched man that I am. We are constantly waiting on God to manifest himself through us and make us the model Christians that we are trying to be. It's a life of dependency. That's what Paul said. This is my way of life in Christ Jesus that I teach everywhere in every church. My way of life in dependency on Jesus Christ that I teach everywhere in every church because we know You know from your life's experience and from what the Bible said throughout the whole Old Testament, you know that your human willpower does not get it. You know it. Admit it. Concede the point. You know that you can't grit your teeth and live an exemplary Christian life. And so, knowing that, verse 20 is not going to sit well with a lot of people. No, it's not. Here we go. We're going to ring a bell that can't be unrung. But this is the Bible speaking. It's not Bill or Steve. Remember, you're having trouble with a Bible verse. So you can interpret this any way you want. Right. But But you can't deny it says this. Exactly. And you, you can... You may not even believe it. You can't deny it says this in verse 20. Right. You can say I'm having a hard time believing this, but you can't say I'm having a hard time understanding what it says. 
It's pretty plain. It's pretty plain. Do you want to read it or do you want me to, Bill? I'll read it plainly in the NIV, then we'll read it in the NAS. Okay, okay. Then we'll look at some Greek. Yeah, redneck Greek Bible study. There could be a redneck Greek word study coming up. For the creation was subjected, Hupertasso. Go back to our redneck Greek study. Yeah, yeah, right there. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Now, once we understand what hope means in the Bible, Mm -hmm. it's going to be good news. It's going to be good news. Let, Let me read it in the NAS. And please understand, this is a process. This is something bad to get to good. Yes. For the the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but because of him, that's God, who subjected it in hopes that the creation itself will be set free, that you'll cry out, who will set me free? And then the Spirit of God can set you free on a experiential basis. Day to day, you can be set free. You were subjected to futility. You can't free yourselves in hopes that you can be set free by the Spirit of God because you can't do it. See, this is the process, Steve, that you become a from a technon to a huias. Yes. A, a little child to a fully grown, mature son and, and an overcomer. And that's what it says. Set free from slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Didn't he say the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free? from the law of sin and death, it sets you free. It's the same idea that manifesting the children of God sets you free from manifesting the children of Adam. That's why you were subjected to this futility so that you could overcome it by your spirit and not try and overcome it by your human determination. Yes. I hope this is making sense I hope you understand what the Bible has just told you. It tells you that the life of the Christian is a life of dependency on the Spirit. And you are, each and every day, you're waiting for the Spirit to show up in your life. And you can experience Him several times a day This is what the Christian life is about. It's not about all those verbs and do's and don'ts and how you're going to please God and everything. He made a new covenant, and in that new covenant, he put his spirit in you to do for you what you can't do for yourself. So now you just wait on the Lord so that you exchange your strength, your human strength, for his divine strength 
and you wait on him throughout each day and every day his mercies are new and his blessings are new and he gives you experiences of himself and once you're turned on to the idea you can actually begin to see when god is showing himself through you when he's speaking through you or when he's speaking through somebody that you're fellowshipping with you can say man those weren't your words those were the words of god he spoke through you just then that was really edifying i needed to hear what you just told me not by might not by strength but by my spirit yes this is the essence of the christian life to depend on the holy spirit to make you what you can't make yourself you can't make yourself that shining bright example of how to be a christian you're not going to do it not in your own human will you were subject to futility so that you would wait on the spirit to be the shining example of what a christian should act like reminds me of when i watched that movie the karate kid when he was being trained for to be a karate champion yeah and he's waxing the car painting the fence sanding the floor and he's like why am i being subjected to this guy's chores why yes. am i being subjected to this and while he was doing that while he was overcoming he was learning and growing and when he put it all together he, he found out he actually had what it took to be a karate champion i know that's a lame example but it's think hard. of futility while you're think of futility in that way it's resistance it's adversity that kicks the spirit into action so the worse the futility or the the worse the futility that you're subjected to the more of the spirit you're going to need to overcome that's right and the more you overcome by the spirit the more you start trusting in the spirit's power and then you actually can like james say consider it pure joy when you're going through various trials because they're producing perseverance by the spirit help me out with that the spirit is manifesting you went to a perfect perfect set of scriptures there bill with james consider it pure joy when we face trials of various kinds yeah why would i consider that joy because it shows working in you who is manifesting himself through you every trial that you face either the spirit is going to manifest itself or the human nature is going to manifest manifest itself when you go up to the bank teller you're going to bring either the holy spirit to the bank teller or your human nature and which one do you think would please the bank teller the most that's an obvious one yes yes they want the spirit yes and it's the spirit that's do you see the the beauty of this steve you're uh, you would never say uh, you know what? I need some good trials so I can exercise the spirit. No one's going to say that. No. So God subjected it to you. Yes. There, those trials come from God. Yes. What does it say in uh, Amos three six? Yeah. Does calamity come to a city, and the Lord is not in it? 
right. He is in it. He is in it. In other words, that calamity is the God-ordained futility working in your life to cry out to him to rescue you. Kind of like what we need to do with Guardians of Grace um, in in Podbean. <laughs> rescue us, Lord. Rescue I was just us. That we're being subjected to, to futility. futility. Yeah, yeah. Hey, th- this is something you might be able to help us with. Can we get some of you to go to Podbean and then Guardians of Grace and click follow because we don't think it's working. It's not doing what it's supposed to, and it's not counting the followers because we've been clicking follow and it it doesn't been stuck on the same number number since yeah november yeah and there's a couple of things podbean is not doing so can we get you to go to podbean.com guardians of grace and click follow for us thank you we appreciate that and with that we'll just close in prayer huh yeah yeah father god thank you for revealing yourself and giving us the answer to the Christian life, the essence of the Christian life, Father. Allow us to know that it's a beautiful thing. We wait on the Lord and we wait on him to manifest himself through us and we experience him. That's what we are put on the planet to do to experience God on earth, Father. That that is heaven on earth. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those sensations that we feel when Christ is manifesting us, righteousness, peace, and joy is heaven on earth. That's where Jesus came all the way down from the third heaven to planet earth to tell us that the kingdom of God is here and we can experience heaven on earth, Father. So allow us to understand that and wait on you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Love you guys. Love you guys. Good night.